Welcome to Level Up, the podcast that's dedicated to the higher education community that brings you countless stories of employees, students, and the faculty's journey in this remote world we live in. We will explore the many adversity that each one of us experience and share our story to inspire and inform. This is your host, Dr. Leland, a serial educator, an opportunities designer, and a compassionate leader. Hello, Level Up listeners. Today, I have a special guest. I can't wait for you guys to meet her as well. My fellow podcaster, welcome to Level Up. Introduce yourself. Hi, my name is uh, Urmi. Um, I'm calling or I'm talking from Montreal, Canada. Uh, I come from a background of uh, finance and I've been working in the financial industry. I'm a full-time employee in the financial services industry. Uh, I've been working in this industry for six years. I have an educational background in uh, in finance. And today I'm here to tell you a little bit about leadership. Awesome. Now, tell me as far as your passion for finance. How, like, how did it give birth? Like, where did it start? It's funny because I don't think um, I don't think I had any any uh, passion for finance because uh, I remember when I was a student. Initially, I was in international business, and finance was my minor. And I just randomly chose finance as my minor. Like, don't ask me how. I just randomly chose it for the sake of choosing it. And then I remember going to my major classes. So I was taking like international business classes and I remember being so bored and I was like, why am I even doing this? So then I, I was like, okay, you know what? Let me just try my, my minor, the, the classes in finance and see how it feels. And I'm telling you, it was love at first sight. Like I love the subject. I, I just felt it was so much made for me. I was, I was in love with my professors as well. Like I just, I was in love with your brain. And I enjoyed listening to my professors. I enjoyed going to classes. I enjoyed like actually taking the exams. And I'm probably an outlier in this. And um, and because I was like pretty good in the subject, I was able to get enrolled into the honors program. So I wrote the thesis about art and wine investing. And then after I graduated, I feel like there was still a void in me, you know, because I enjoyed learning. So I took some. Um, so I did some certifications. So I did the Canadian security course, which is which I think is still is, is just for Canada. And now I am pursuing my safety designation, which is also to get uh, it's it, it stands for uh, certified um, charter. Sorry, it stands for Charter Financial Analyst. And um, and I've been doing this because I I want to you know get better in finance, and I want to get the recognition, I want to stand out in the financial services industry and I also want to be an example for other women because especially when I was taking my finance classes, I remember being like part of just a small percentage because they were all guys in the class and I was like, what's going on there? And I didn't realize this until I actually started to work that it's true that finance is very male dominated. Uh, so I've been working in this industry for, for six years and ever since I, I'm like loving it. I love working in finance. I love learning about finance. So I'm so glad. There are work out there like IT or finance. It's quite male dominated. I actually, that's a hot topic for me because I feel like there, I actually posted it on my LinkedIn where there's a study that somebody else did. I forgot who the study came from, but Harvard wrote an article about it where 
women actually scored higher, just a little slightly higher on leadership skills than men. But if you see in boardrooms, in organizations, there's a lot of male leaders, yet women are supposed to be better leaders in some capacity. My dissertation was about cultural difference between executive women and men. But in my research, it was disheartening to see because, you know, you see America, we we fight for our freedom, we fight for everything, we fight for equality, we fight for a lot. And in a platform of the world, there's only seven continents, North America, right, U.S. and Canada, we're always on the news about equality. And then on my research, it says the opposite, that there are we are on the top bottom in America when it comes to employing executive women, right? And yes. like countries like Germany and Philippines are on the top 10. I'm like, okay, something's wrong. You know what I mean? Like we're not connecting what we're saying by our actions, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm super glad that you're heading in that space and fighting for uh, women equality when it comes to work. Now, what are you passionate about other than finance? Like, do you have any hobbies? Yeah, I do have a lot of hobbies and um, some of them are related again to finance. So I do have like my own blog and my own YouTube channel. And basically my blog, I try to empower financially women. So I I always try to like talk a lot about uh, my own personal things. Let's say like how to get a promotion at work or how to, you know, work in public speaking skills. But I also talk a lot about finance and what I mean by that is more related to um, basic concept like what's a stock, what's a bond, what's an option. So I do talk about these things because I think it's important to educate women, especially because I think especially for me, because I come from from a culture where women are really not thought about financial literacy. I felt that this was important to give an equal opportunity to everyone. So I do talk a lot about finance. And on my YouTube channel, I um, I do talk about finance, but I do talk more about, I give more study tips. So I tell them like, how can you study for the CFA designation? You know, because there are three levels and each one of them you have to tackle each, um, you have to tackle each exam differently. So I do provide some tips and advice and give guidance on how you can study. And um, and yeah, these are like pretty much, my, I would say two, two of my biggest hobby. And I do enjoy like talking on YouTube. I really enjoy writing, which is why I also have just published my, my first book. So um, it's a learning process for me. It's a work in progress because every day I'm learning something new about me and, and I realize how, how many things I love, I love. That's good. Passion. I think what it is, is that you're connecting your passion with something that you see a purpose and you're being intentional by practicing it through actions like your youtube channel the topic that you talk about your book and you know what you do for a living it's all connecting and i think when you find your purpose right it it's easier to move forward and level up whereas when you're all over the place it's kind of hard trying to figure out so i'm super glad to that you actually found that now let's talk about traits and skills that you feel are most important to becoming a leader based on your experiences what are your thoughts on that so i think i learned a lot about leadership 
skills uh, through my uh, participation of Toastmasters, which is a non-profit organization dedicated to practice your public speaking skills. And I learned a lot by just being there. And I think there are many great skills that the leader needs. I think, first of all, um, you know, I think a title doesn't make you a leader. It's your actions that make you a leader, first of all. Uh, so I think, you know, be a proactive person, be a charismatic person, have good communications. I, I think these are like some of the most important uh, traits, but of course there are other important traits as well, like caring for your people. You know, you don't want to be a dictator. You want to show empathy. Um, you want to be compassionate. You want to make sure that you have good li uh, active listening skills. Uh, being a leader means also being a team player. So I feel like there are so many like traits that go hand in hand when it comes to leadership. It's not it, it's not just one thing. Um, it's an ecosystem of many skills. Also being um, a good public speaker is also um, an important key trait that you need um, as leader because for instance, when we see, you know, presidents in different countries, prime ministers, those are leaders, but you also need to have a good public speaking skills. I think there are like many different um, skills that you need, but I think the most important one for me at least is communication, uh, be charismatic, and also be a team player. Awesome. I'm going to send you, well, no, I'm actually going to post it on LinkedIn and then tag you on it and tell me what you think about it. I, I did a summit for my team when I was a dean at a university and it's, I think it's like 40 minutes, but the topic is about thought leadership and becoming uh -huh. future ready. And I really would love to see your opinion on it and, and, and let me know what are your thoughts on, on what I said. Uh, because I talk about certain skills that somebody already actually wrote, but I reflected on it on my own experience as a leader uh, in my space. So I'm super interested in what you have to say about that. And you're right, public speaking and being a charismatic um person actually is a great trait but there are leaders out there who doesn't really do well on public speaking but they are great at working behind you know behind the blinds uh per se mm -hmm. so those are kind of a different type of leadership what does leadership look like to you like how do you approach leading others for me it's just by leading um leading by example and I think this is how I learned it by watching other people. And this is how I'm trying to teach it to other people just by taking examples, being acting, being really proactive and just like doing what you wanna do in life. And I wanna say that, for instance, I use most of my leadership skills in my Toastmaster club because I'm the president of the club and you have to use a lot of leadership skills. Like you have to, you know, um, engage with people, you have to um, supervise them, you have to encourage them, motivate them, and you can only do them only if they see you as a good example. And I think that's probably one of the most important traits because that's how I learned it. I learned it by observing other people, by being inspired by other people. And I and I think leadership really means this, being an inspiration for other people. And I try to do that through my little things that I do in my daily life, which is, you know, blogging, YouTubing, volunteering, which is also very important because you want to give back to the community and you want to inspire other people to do the same and have a better world. So That's good. Yeah, I volunteer for three organizations um, constantly. I volunteer for other things. 
it's because I do want to give back. I don't know a lot of a lot of things, but I know a lot of a lot of a lot of things. And and I think sharing your skills to others that could actually benefit from that is a good feeling for me by giving back my community because I'm not a rich person, but if I can give you the time to share what I know, I'm hoping that you get inspired to do something else for yourself too. So that's awesome. Volunteerism is number one on my on my list for sure. Um, how has recent COVID-19 pandemic changed your leadership style or has it really changed? Yes, because I would take mostly for the Toastmaster part because before we used to meet on site. So it was much easier when, you ha- when you're leading the team, when you're trying to motivate your team members, the, uh, the guests when they come to the meetings. But since the pandemic, the participation level has been really, really low. So in that moment, I really had to change my leadership skills because I had to like work more to motivate people, to encourage people, to really like support them. And it's been really, really hard. And especially because it's like pandemic, we're all like socially distancing, we're not connected. You have to make sure that your communication skills are like on top. You want to make sure that you have good communication skills. And I think that has been so important for me where I always try to have constant communication with my team members, especially at work, because at work I I was a supervisor in my previous role. And I've seen how that has impacted. Like before I would see them every morning, we would go out for coffee. And then I was, and then since the pandemic, we did not have that, but that's so important when you're building relationships. So for instance, at work, we would have like coffee chat every morning. We would like interact for 30 minutes and see like, how is everyone doing? And I think as a leader, you wanna make sure that you're connected with your team members, you know? And it's not just as a leader, but also as a team player, I think goes both ways. And then with my uh, with my Toastmaster, it, it has been the same thing. I try to have like constant communication. Maybe we could not have them through Zoom because you know, there is the Zoom fatigue, but I always try to have the communications, for instance, by emails and I try to like send emails like once a week, I would like check on everyone, how everyone is doing and ask them if they needed any sort of help. And I think that's so important when you are like showing that you care, you know, especially in a difficult moment, I think that shows what type of person you are and also what type of leader you are. Yeah, I I like how you mentioned Zoom fatigue Um, because everyone is Zoomed out. You're Zoom in, you know, and it's happening everywhere. And I teach via Zoom and I teach via Adobe Connect. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I know how that feels. Like, imagine my students are actually in my class two and a half hours every day for four days. Uh, So it's a lot of camera time. And I told them, I'm like, you want to take a break with your face in here? It's fine with me, you know, in some classes. And I'm like, I don't want to see my face in here either. I look like, you know what, today, you know, like I can't. And and so so long as we have, I think, the outcome that we want for that day and what we plan on our agenda, I think that's the most important thing. And so Mm -hmm. that's what I think for leaders, the first thing they do is we did Zoom, right? Because we do need to connect. But I think for me, what I did with my team is I text them. Like if I don't hear, I email them. And if they don't email me back, I literally harass them on text. I'm like, hey, what are you doing? And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, "Uh, you haven't replied to my email. Are you still alive? I am actually genuinely worried about you because you usually reply and you didn't. He's like, then they call me to like, I had this happening, blah, blah, blah. And then we just Mm -hmm. talk about and connect again. And then the next week, they watch my email because they know if they don't, I text them like, 
hello and i i usually put like giphy or emoji you know mm-hmm. like i i told him i'm like i know i'm annoying but that's the what you missed about me being annoying because i check up on you because i literally have a lot of family couple of family members and and uh, close friends died from covid so I get a little bit of anxiety when people don't right. text me back. I'm like, this is my background. This is how I'm feeling. Please don't give me PTSD and worry about you. I truly care about my team and and make sure you respond. So uh, they make fun of me all the time when, when I text. They're like, uh-oh, there's the giphy again with the pointer, right? But you're right. And thank you for sharing that because that kind of just brought back to like the pandemic times when I was leading my team. Um, have you discovered your purpose in life? Like, how does your career illustrate that? You know what? Before, when you were talking about intention and purpose and passion, I was thinking about the concept of Igikai. I don't know if you're familiar with this concept. Which Igikai? one? The ca- Igikai. Igikai, yeah. Yes. And I actually read that book, and I feel like it gave me a little bit of clarity when I was reading it, and because I never felt like... Um, well, it's not that I don't want to say I never felt like, but I feel like the pandemic really helped me to understand a little bit about my passion and my purpose in life. Because, um, for instance, some of the things that I do, like blogging, YouTubing, like I'm not necessarily getting paid for that, but it is something that does bring that does bring me a lot of fulfillment and a lot of satisfaction. And I think it goes, it, it is connected partially to the concept of ikikai and doing the things that you love. Um, and I think like when it comes to my career goals, for instance, like I think it, it's hard to say it, honestly. Like, you know, when you go to an interview and everyone is always asking, okay, what is your five-year career plan? And I'm pretty sure everyone is lying about it. The reality is we do not have an answer because I think the world is so dynamic. Everything changes so quickly that you cannot say what's going to happen in five years. And I think this is one thing that I learned, especially through the pandemic, because a lot has changed. You know, I think everyone had different plans before the pandemic. I'm pretty sure no one thought about quitting their job and becoming entrepreneurs. Like we have seen so many people quitting their nine to five job and just becoming entrepreneurs and being coaches and stuff like that. And I'm pretty sure no one saw this coming. And I think that you can never have a long-term plan. I think all the plans that you have are more like short to medium term. So I would say like two to three years plan, you have you have an idea of what you want to do. And I, this is how I like to go. I This is how I like to live. Like just going with the flow and doing what's right for me in this moment. You know, I cannot think about what's going to happen in three years. I'm just going to do something that I think it's, it's right in this moment in my life and just go with that. So for instance, I'm going to give you um, a good example because I recently went through um, a career change and I got three job offers. I didn't expect any of this coming and they were all very similar to each other. And, and at the end, I decided to, to go and work for this Canadian bank because it was always like my plan to work to work for this bank. It's been like I'm talking about from when I was in university. So it's been like six years that it was in my plan. But I never like thought I was going to get an offer from them. So now that I saw this opportunity, I was like, I'm just gonna take it because this has been like my dream since ever. But was it in my plan after I graduated? No, it was my plan when I was when I was in school. And so now that it's there, I feel like okay, this is I think this is what I wanna do right now. And what's gonna happen after, I do not know. But I know that but now this is the right thing that I'm doing. This I feel this is the fit for me now. This is where I want to be. And I think this will help me to 
to grow personally and professionally. So this is how I made my decision, you know, just choose the job that is that is right for you right now, which will bring you closer to your true self. So That's actually so true. Um, <laughs> when I started my schooling for international business, I, I didn't really say, I'm going to be a teacher. I don't really think about it. Like, what? No, I'm because I love business. I already run two businesses. I had to move. So I had to quit my, you know, close my business because I had to move from out of state. Business comes naturally for me. It's because I'm a people connector. Like, I love to talk to people and, you know, get to know them a little bit more. I'm, I'm, I build relationships that way. But if you ask me 10 years ago if I'm going to be a professor, I would be like, no that's a boring job. And like, that's so dry, because I have a lot of boring and dry teachers, right? Like when I went to school, let's be honest, and they just talk about stuff and they talk about history. And I just I'm a kinesthetic learner, I like to touch things. So if you talk something that I'm not even interested in, you lose me, okay, you just lose me. So I'm like, I don't want to be a boring teacher. That's not me, right? So I did sales, I did marketing, those are exciting jobs for me. But I think after doing the kids thing where I taught my kids, I homeschooled them for two years and they learned so much. And when I put them to school, they're like two years ahead than, than their classmates. I'm like, Oh, maybe I can be a teacher. You know what I mean? Like, and so I try the K to 12 teaching. I'm like, Oh, I don't have enough patience for that. So let me do something else. And I, like you said, you got a day to day and, you know, 10 years later, I'm still teaching and I love teaching and I work full time and I work part time teacher. I did an admin thing for teaching and, you know, it's something that I love. And I think what I love about what you said is that no matter how much you plan your life, you need to plan for change. because you never know what's coming right like the truck just hit you like did we plan that everyone in the world shuts down for two years in fact when it came we're like it's done in three months it's a flu right everyone's like we're done and then we're like oh we got the vaccine after you get vaccine you'll never get sick two and a half years later we're still sick and we're still here right Mm -hmm. like you said and i i like that because i think a lot of people especially when you lose a loved one you're like I wish I did this. You know you're supposed to do it, but you're not intentional on living at the moment. Mm -hmm. And so for you, I think, yeah, it was in the back of your head that you want to work for this while you're in college, but you're like, that was six years ago, you know? And then now you're like, oh, okay, let me try it. And I think even though it's in the back of your head, you probably are not aware that you were somewhat intentional on getting that because it's still in the back of your head. But at the moment, you really didn't think like, I'm going to work for this bank, you know, like Mm -hmm. that because things change. So I really like that you are dynamic as an individual and just adapt to your own environment. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's kind of cool. Do you have a lifetime career goal? Like, how does your current career go from that? I know that you don't want to do like five, 10 year planned. You know what, and I want to touch back to what she just said, because um, I also um, do like teaching. Like I, I have a lot of side hustle. This is one thing about me that I've been doing since the pandemic, and I don't, I never like foresee myself doing a lot, like a lot of these things. But I also tutor people, so I like teach people. Like I have um, English conversation and Italian conversation, and I actually like get paid for that. So that's like my side hustle, and I never foresee myself doing this and even like publishing my book I never saw doing that um 
I don't know what my my long um, what my future what the future holds for me to be honest and and I always find it really hard but I think um, I am planting the seeds because I do have all these side hassles and some people were like oh but whatever you're doing it looks like you're having like your own business and probably I am unconsciously doing that and I'm not realizing it so for instance the fact that I have my own blog where I'm like teaching people especially women about finance it's it's something the fact that I'm using my YouTube channel is also something um the fact that I'm like on podcast I feel like it's it's bringing me somewhere that I'm not realizing it and I had some people coming to me and saying you do look like you have the perfect fit to be a coach and a couple of people already mentioned it, but I never thought about myself uh, as being a coach. Um, I think right now I can tell you a little bit what I see myself doing right now is working the corporate in the corporate job. I want to get experience. I'm going to be starting in, the, in this new place where I always wanted to work for, and now I finally got this opportunity. Um, I do see myself being there for a couple of years, but I also see myself having something of my own on the side because that brings me a lot of fulfillment. So having, let's say, my own side business, it's probably something that I do see myself having. And who knows, maybe eventually it's going to be something that I'll be committed full time where, you know, I'm educating people, I'm educating women. And I think right now I'm just planting the seeds. I'm getting myself out there. I want people to learn about a little bit about me, what I do. And I'm getting a lot of subscribers and followers on my Instagram, on my YouTube, and I think this is helping because I do get a lot of feedback. I do have people coming to me and thanking me that, oh, you're doing great things and we need more of this stuff from you. And I feel like this might turn something where I could eventually monetize it and just have my own thing. Yeah, I don't monetize right now either because that's really not my intent. A lot of people are like, gee, are you getting money? I'm like, no, I pay money. I pay money for my website. Like, you know, it, it's because I'm not seeing it as something I can monetize at the moment because I want to hit, you know, certain level first before I do that and and just try to connect people from different mm -hmm. experiences at that point. And if I can help someone who's, you know, starting their own job or anything like that. But um, I think you would have been so, it just started a week ago. I would have loved for you to actually test my class. It's called Managing Your oh. Boss. Um, it's actually on my profile but it's a week now I, I think I don't know if I have one more seats in there because it's super limited um, but I would have loved to see you in that class and your input on classes so maybe someday when you want to create your own class you could do it and we could communicate and like hey how do we partner up and you know doing finance and leadership class um, maybe next reiteration if I have it free because right now it's free I'm not charging anyone to to take mm -hmm. my class yet a lot of people charge um mm -hmm. but for me it's like okay let me just give this one out and see and get feedback from people that um i know could benefit from it because i give the tools and how you do it um and these this tools that i'm providing is actually based on my students feedback in my class that i'm teaching because i teach so many classes it's not even funny um and but the thing is i usually teach between six to nine classes from different universities every 10 weeks, every five weeks. So okay. I could get hundreds of, I probably have over 5,000 students already. And they give me feedback on like, I wish this was something that you taught. I wish it was, you know, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm putting that wish list. And so when I see the gap, I fill that gap with this class in four weeks so that you can actually have transfer. Because when you go to university, you learn the theory. 
right? Mm-hmm. And then you're ready to work and your work expect you to be up and running with two years of experience. Excuse me, I just graduated. You know what I mean? Like, I know a lot of a lot of things, but I don't know what you're asking me because we don't have transferable skills. That's what's missing with university and work. And so I am filling that gap so that when you're going to work, not only did you already have that theory, I'm giving you how to transfer that theory into the real world. So when you're in the real world, you're up and running. Um, so I would have loved to, for you to have that class as a, as a feedback. So that would have been cool. Um, what about your career that inspires you? I think it's, um, I think it's just my love for finance. That's simply it, honestly. I, I don't know, my finance maniac, I, I do not know <laughs> what it is. I, I swear, I do not know what it is, but I can just listen to finance stuff, stuff and never be tired about it, like never. And I was talking to, to a friend of mine and we were talking about all the podcasts that I listen to and I never realized, but everything that I listen to is just finance. It's literally finance. And it's like, you only listen to finance stuff. Like, why don't you diversify? And I'm like, I don't know, but I just love learning about finance and listening about finance. And I think the, the thing is, because I am a very dynamic person and finance is also very dynamic. So I feel like this is where we get like, this is where we marry each other. And that's how I feel about it, which is why I feel like I just love being in finance. I think I just get inspired by everyone who's in finance. You know, everyone that I listen to is so knowledgeable that I get the inspiration from there that I also want to be a knowledgeable person and I also want to educate other people. And I think that's that's what has been for me so far. And I, I just love it. I just love finance. It's, it, that's, that's literally it. I know how that feels because everyone's like, why don't you just go back to corporate? You make more money there because I complain about like how much money teachers make. Like it's so less, right? But in the corporate world, if you do sales and you do it the right sales, you could make a million, whereas teachers maybe make 40,000, you know, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. But I said, I don't know what, when I, what I feel when I'm teaching or I'm in education or I'm talking about leadership, like Mm -hmm. I'm in a different world. Like I just lit up, my heart is filled with like passion for it, you know? So I know how you feel about that with finance for sure. Um, What do you think leaders can do to promote success in their teams? Like in your team, what do you do to promote success? Like what kind of tips could you provide? I can tell you from from my own experience and from, from what I have seen that I wished was done differently, especially from my previous managers was that as a leader, you always want to show show that you care, uh, that you care about your employees. I think that's a trait that every employer every employer needs, especially because I think one of the reasons why we have seen such a like high turnover and people resigning for the jobs, it's not because of the job itself. It's because you probably didn't listen to the needs of your employees and to their wants. You know, like. There's so many things that came up during the pandemic, people, or even with the inflation, you know, people wanting more salary, people like going through stuff. I think at the end of the day, as a leader, you want to show, you know, that you're listening to the needs of your employees. And I think that's probably one of the things that a lot of employers are pretty much missing. Like, do not wait last minute to see, like, what you can do to solve the issue, because if this has happened to me. I, when I left, I didn't leave because of the 
of the job. I left because of the environment and how I was not being listened. You know, you want to make sure that these people are feeling valued. You want to include them when they're like initiative. You want to make them inclusive when you want when you are going when you're making a decision. You want to have a clear and transparent communication about whatever happens within the team, the company, because I think it's important. And I think when you're working in a company, you want to create that family type of environment and not, you don't want to see employees as numbers. And we no one likes that, honestly. I went through that. I didn't like that. And and I think it's so important that you establish that type of relationship where you see this person as a person and not as a number because things have changed. And I think that's so important. You know, you want to have a clear and transparent communication. I think that's so important. And I've seen this how... Like, in, in, it, it never goes like that. There are always, like, things that you do not see, and no one likes that. Um, so you want to make sure that you're, like, implementing all these things, you know, transparent uh, communication, caring for your employees, listening to their needs and wants. Um, and I think that's how you're going to retain people, and that's how it's going to make you a better leader. Yeah. I, I just recently, and I mean recently, just experienced that where you're put on a certain board because you're, you know, your skills and you have input, but then all of a sudden they change the game without letting you know that the game has changed. And then you're like, okay, so are we still on the same platform? Are, are we ch- changing? It's like going to a university, you use Canvas all this time to teach and learn. And no one told you you went to Moodle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. What are we doing today? Where are we learning? You see what I mean? Oh, by the way, we're at Moodle. So you went to Moodle, you got trained, and then they went back to like they went to Idioflow. Like no one knows what are you doing in their. I think in their head they have a vision. They're a great visionary, but communicating those changes on why you're doing it, Mm -hmm. right? how you're doing it and i think if you create a leadership team you should consider getting their opinion before you create your own change because a team means all of us not Mm -hmm. you because everyone is affected by your decisions right Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of people and that's the reason why i think women scored higher in leadership skills because we're forced to listen and from our kids whining or we mm-hmm. whine to our parents, right? We're forced to listen. And I think we're conditioned to listen because we don't have a choice when they're crying. You got to figure out like critical thinking skills. Why are they crying? I just mm-hmm. fed them, right? And you go through all this mom list. The same thing with leadership. I think when we see people that are leaving, we try to figure out, okay, why are they leaving, right? And we go through the list. Whereas people are like, oh, they're just leaving because they suck as an employee, right? They don't self-reflect mm-hmm. the mirror like, it's me. I'm the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad that you actually said that because I'm literally going through that. And I'm like, nope, I'm too experienced to belong to your toxic organization culture. Mm-hmm. I would rather not get a job and get stressed on a job that I'm not happy with, right? I think if employees are not valued, I'm not saying I'm the smartest person. I'm not saying I'm the, the only hardworking. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, listen to my input. You can either trash it or not, but at least acknowledge it, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that's that's most employees, if not all employees would like that feeling, right? Yes. Uh, for my last question, it says, His Holiness Dalai Lama said, change begins within you. Use compassion to change your world and ultimately our world. How do you hope to change the world? 
in many ways, actually. And I think it was always in me because um, I think there are like many things that I'm, I've been doing unconsciously again. Uh, when I was in university, uh, I used to do a lot of volunteering activities, but I, but I don't know like if I was doing it because I wanted to or if it was for my extracurricular activities. But I think I realized my my passion of giving back after I graduated because I felt like I had a void and I always wanted to give back. And um, and I've been giving back through my actions. So for instance, some of the things that I do uh, are volunteer for the Montreal Children's Hospital. That's one of them. And then another thing that I do is I provide friendly visits to elderly people with loss of mobility. And these are people that just want to have someone going to visit them and have like chit chat with them. And I realized how much it was like literally filling my heart. And um, and then when the pandemic happened, I just I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot do any of these things because I cannot go and visit people. I cannot see people. So I was like, I have to think of other ways of giving back. And so that's how I started to like volunteer virtually. And I found like different uh, nonprofit organizations that support women's empowerment. And I've been giving back to the community through my time. So for instance, some of the things that I do is, for instance, provide workshop, or for instance, I write articles for the organizations, uh, or I just promote their stuff on, on social media. And so I've been like trying to do a lot of these things through my actions and evoking change through my actions. But one of them that I, one of the goals that I have in my mind is also to make change through my voice, which is why I've been part of the Toastmasters Club because I want to eventually give a TED talk and I want to use my TED talk to make change. And I think it's not just my actions of like doing things, but also using my voice because I think that's one of the most important tools that we have. And it's only when we use our voice that we can make the world better. And and that's how I have this goal in my mind. And Megan Markle inspired me because I saw what she did once. She gave a speech at the United Nations and she inspired me because I was like, this is what I'm going to do one day and I'm going to do it. That's your medium, short to medium goal. You'll get yeah. there. You're always yeah. intentional. That's so good. Um, I have two daughters as well. So I always preach to them, you know, how we're socially conditioned to certain things. But you can uh, have a growth mindset since they're young. I have a... Sorry about that. I have a um, an 18-year-old and a 15-year-old. And so they're growing up so fast. And I want to show them that... You need to be, even though you're the the whole world is conditioned for you to think this way, you can actually make a growth mindset and change through this actions, through this way. Um, so I've been trying. I'm sure I'm not a perfect mom, let me tell you. But at the same time, I do want to empower women um, and empower my girls through volunteerism. And they see that. Um, I also make them volunteer and their school makes them volunteer uh, at least a minimum of 10 hours for a school year forever. They've been doing it. So um, it's just that instilling that good values to make sure that you get because at the end of the day, you can have all the materials and all the money and all that time is the only thing that you can give that there's no monetary value. And time is the only thing that you can give to people that 
you can't get back. Like money, you can get back. Clothes, you can get back. Time is something like if someone gives you time, like you giving me time right now, I appreciate that. Because even though, you know, it could be a purpose for marketing or whatever, but at the end of the day, you could have chosen to do something else. So thank you so much for being here. And I appreciate that. And I hope to collaborate with you on many, 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 many things. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Level up listeners. Thank you so much, Umi. Welcome to Level Up, the podcast that's dedicated to the higher education community that brings you countless stories of employees, students, and the faculty's journey in this remote world we live in. We will explore the many adversity that each one of us experience and share our story to inspire and inform. This is your host, Dr. Leland, a serial educator, an opportunities designer, and a compassionate leader.